Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Luke's the first chapter. We're going to begin there this morning. Luke's gospel. The title of my message is Faith in God's Word is Our Rest. Faith in God's Word is Our Rest, or it's Your Rest, R-E-S-T. And Luke, the first chapter, is, of course, two stories, one involving uh, uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, which we shared last week, and, and we're going to share, just read the story of, um, of Mary's divine experience uh, with uh, Gabriel, the angel from heaven. Uh, verse 26, in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, highly favored of the Lord, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Come on, everybody. Thou hast found favor with God. Hallelujah. And there's a reason. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob for how long? How long? Amen. That means throughout eternity. And the Bible says, of his kingdom there shall be no end. And then he says, then Mary said, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? She was a virgin, had never been intimate with a man sexually. And so she's just simply asking the question, how? She wasn't in doubt. She was just simply asking, how can this happen when I have never been intimate with a man? And the angel said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And behold, that cousin Elizabeth has uh, also conceived a son in her old age. And this, of course, is the sixth month of her, um, which was called, who was called barren. Sixth month of her pregnancy. Okay. And then the angel said, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. And Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And at that very second, she was impregnated with the divine seed of God's redemption, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Um, I, 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 verse, I, I wrote this down. Verse 28, the angel said, Hail, thou highly favored. Amen. And I wrote this down. Faith in God brings the favor of God. Say that out loud. Faith in God brings the favor of God. Say it again. Faith in God brings the favor of God. Sure does. Hallelujah. And faith is simply you responding to what he has written in his word. Now, Isaiah 9, we're going to read the prophecy that Isaiah wrote about this very incident. In verse 6, it says this. This is the New Living Translation. The King James says unto us, but he says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government, I was, I read this here like, Four days ago, and the Holy Spirit started just really ministering me about this verse right here. And the government or the governing powers or the rule of law will rest on his shoulders. 
And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. One translation says the Prince of Wholeness. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. His government and its peace will never end. That means it will be an eternal, everlasting uh, government. And he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. And the passion commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. So here we have 4,000 years of prophecy coming to fulfillment uh, through these two events. The birth of John through... um, uh, who was the uh, preceder to Christ, the one who was called the Baptist because he had a ministry of baptism, and he um, uh, uh, was the forerunner to Jesus, and of course, Jesus' birth. A supernatural 300-some Messianic prophecies coming to fruition at this time in history. As, as Christians, we should never put our hope in natural government. I, get, when I was thinking, when, when the Lord showed, spoke to me about his gut, the government shall be upon his shoulders. The governing powers will be upon his shoulders. Uh, uh, amen. Listen, and he can only govern those who will yield to him. Amen. I, you know that all of us want, enjoy certain liberties, um, all determined by how, how um, uh, our forefathers uh, honored and respected uh, and uh, the uh, Constitution and respected life. Can I have an amen? amen. And, uh, and so all of a sudden through the process of time, as a nation moves uh, further away from God, uh, the governing factors of that specific people become corrupt, become dark, become self-deluded, um, and all of a sudden the government is messed up. And I wrote this down because it really is true. A government that has the power to give you things is the government that has the power to take things away from you. That's why you should never trust in any branch of government. Pray for them, yes, but keep your passionate commitment to the Lord, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and allow him to govern your life because he will govern your life, hallelujah, with fairness and justice. Can I have an amen? And he wants that for your life. Praise the Lord. So... Uh, these supernatural events took place even though they were impossible because um, the angel said to Mary, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now I want to read Isaiah 55 here for a moment because it is so pop- one of my favorite scriptures as, the, as what God promised regarding his word, okay? For as the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and return not there again, it has a purpose. But... Um, they uh, rain and snow have a purpose, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Is that beautiful? See, that's how much God cares about you. He provided seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Question, uh, how many believe that, that your finances that you brought just a moment ago was seed for your life? You planted seed, the financial seed, into his kingdom. Therefore, he promises that there's going to be bread to the eater. Hallelujah. That provision will be yours. That's his promise. That isn't mine. Hallelujah. It, God's word, shall not return to, uh, to me void, God says, without producing any effect or useless. But it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose. And it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. For, and then he says this. For you shall go out from the spiritual exile caused by sin 
and evil into the homeland with joy and be led forth by your, this is amplified, by your leader, the Lord himself and his word with peace. That word peace means health, prosperity, and favor. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, you shall go forth and I will bless your life with favor, with prosperity, and with health. Hallelujah. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. In other words, your freedoms will have a positive effect on all creation. Hallelujah. Seriously, if all of heaven rejoices over one person that gives their life to Christ, um, uh, the whole earth itself uh, rejoices uh, that God's kingdom is in manifestation in the earth. Can you imagine how dark things would be without God's presence? I'm glad we, he's here with us. Hallelujah. So God gives seed to the sower and bread uh, to the eater. So no matter what's going on around you, you also remember uh, uh, God or Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he will fulfill every one of his promises that he recorded in his word uh, uh, as long as our faith remains in him and our faithfulness remains to him. Remember that. I think people get disappointed because they see how God blesses some people, and then he's not blessing your life, and you're going, what's wrong with that? Well, because you, you personally have to develop a personal relationship with God. Hallelujah. How many agree that you cannot live one day without God's help? Raise your hand. Please. See? Every one of us. I was thinking about a child. You know, ch- children go through um, uh, growth, a process of growth in their lives. Uh, they, they, they begin to grow up depending on father and mother mother's guidance and all of a sudden they get to this place called teenhood where parents don't know anything and somehow the kids know everything i mean it's just the process well guess what that happens spiritually and then all of a sudden we have to go through some really difficult times not because it's god's will but because of our own stupidity and rebellion we have to go through some difficult times but hopefully we'll be awakened to the fact that we need god every second of every moment of every hour of every day amen in our lives it really is true. It's how, that's how God made us to be dependent on him. Every story in the Old Testament where God intervened on behalf of his people, the children of Israel, is a history lesson for us. How that he honors his words, hallelujah, and he honors, honors the faith that we have in his word. Now, I'll give you an example real quick, then we'll move on to Hebrews, the first chapter. During Israel's enslavement, we talked about this often, but I'll just repeat it for the sake of uh, you that may not uh, know this. During Israel's enslavement to Pharaoh, which was 430 years, okay, Pharaoh was a type of the devil, Egypt was a type of the world, God honored his word by sending a deliverer who was Moses, who was a type of the Messiah, Jesus, and then God provided his divine guidance as he led the children of Israel uh, through the wilderness and through the Red Sea. The Red Sea was a type of baptism that their old life was behind them and a new life was ahead of them. Isn't that beautiful? It's all types and shadows of our redemption in Christ. Hallelujah. And at the same time, he defeated his adversaries. How many believe that Jesus defeated the devil on the cross? He really did. Yes, there are demons that walk to and fro throughout the whole earth, but um, we don't have to give them any place. They're under our feet, praise God. Amen. And we have to remember that. So many people I hear, oh, the devil just sat in a heyday with me. Oh, you're letting him. Because if he's a defeated foe, all he's got is deception. And he's obviously deceiving you into believing that he's more power than the Holy Ghost in you. Anyway, praise the Lord. Now, let's turn to Hebrews, the first chapter. In Hebrews, remember, we're talking about faith in God's, um, faith in God's word is a rest. It is a rest. 
It's supposed to be a rest. We talked about this last week, but I didn't finish and, and really wanted to emphasize some things for you today uh, so that you don't have to be full of anxiety and fear uh, of what's going on in the world. In Hebrews 1, it begins this way, the Amplified. Now, in many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth, and in different ways, God spoke of old to our forefathers in and by the prophets. Okay, all right. If you've ever put together a puzzle, and you get, you get almost done, but there's like five pieces gone, and you just cannot quite fit the whole picture because some pieces are gone. So all throughout the Old Testament, God prophetically spoke certain measures of the revealing of the revelation of Christ's coming. All through 300 some prophecies, he's speaking by the prophets of the coming of the Savior. But they couldn't see it because it was parts, uh, there was only parts of it they were seeing, okay? And then he goes on and says this, God spoke, okay, but verse two, but in the last, these, but in the last of these days, he has spoken to us in the person of a son. Who is the son? Jesus. Not a trick question. Who is the son? Jesus. Amen. Now watch this. Whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, also by and through whom he created the worlds. Worlds, plural, mean the seen world and the unseen world, or vice versa. The reaches of space and the ages of time he made, produced, built, and operated, and arranged them in order. Everybody say amen. amen. So what happened after that? What happened following the creation? It says in Genesis 2, we're going to read this. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, the word seventh there means, in the Hebrew, it means fullness and completeness. Fullness and completeness. I want you to capture that now. So on the day of fullness and completeness, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day of fullness and completeness from all his works which he'd done. So everything was done. So what did God do? He rested. Stay with me now. And God blessed, the word blessed means spoke good of, the seventh or the fullness or the completeness day. He set it apart as his own and hallowed it because it, because on it God rested from all his work which he had created and done. Amen. So what God was saying, the day that he sat down and rested was the day that completeness was finished regarding you, his man and woman. He, God made the earth for man, not man for the earth. And so everything that man would ever need was there. Today, you know, we have all sorts of propagated fears of all, you know, the, the green effect of which we're spending billions of dollars while all the other nations could care less. They, they, other nations think that we're a bunch of morons because we spend billions of dollars on green. And it's just insane because I'm telling you, as hard as we try to destroy the earth, we won't be able to do it. Because God made it. All right. I know you have all your opinions, but just relax. Hallelujah. So the fullness and completeness of everything you would ever need on this side of eternity was confirmed on the day that God entered rest. God said, it's done. Everything that man will ever need in his life, I have provided. So now I'm going to rest. God does not sit on the throne and scratch his skin with anxiety, wondering how in the world he's going to uh, meet your need. 
He's already done it. He did it 6,000 years ago when he sat down to rest. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a good shout of praise for that. Everything, everything. We'll see it as we go on here. So it's exactly what Jesus was endeavoring to get across to his disciples. Just look at here, Matthew 6. Now, this is why I tell you Jesus is speaking to his disciples not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable than they? I said, aren't you more valuable than they? Of course you are. And then, can, then he goes this. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Why worry about uh, your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here tomorrow and thrown into the fire tomorrow, uh, here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. So why do you have so little faith? He's trying to get them off of the temporal and onto the eternal. That's why you have to be so careful that you don't allow yourself. Uh, no, I'll just tell you, the, just going to tell you the honest truth. You know, tell you the truth. I don't want to lie. I got caught up here in the last month with, with the election things because, you know, I want, I just like you, I wanted a red wave, you know, I wanted, but guess what? The moment it was over with, I stopped listening to that junk because most of it is just nothing but propaganda and negativity. And, and because this is not our kingdom, don't get caught up in this kingdom. I don't care if the interest, I remember the Fred, I've told this before, Fred Price back in the seventies, he said this, um, great preachers in heaven, he's in heaven now, but a great preacher out in California. And I remember because I, I could, I'll have to look it up, but I think about 1985, I was in the trucking business and we went on strike because gas got to 85 cents a gallon. And we didn't know how we were going to survive. And then, of course, and then Fred Price said, I don't care if gas gets to 95 cents a gallon, it's not going to move me. And of course, now we wish gas was 95 cents a gallon. <laughs> But see, it doesn't move, it doesn't determine anything regarding God's promise to you to take care of you and provide for you. But that's where your faith comes in. That's where your faith comes in, trusting him, not trusting in government. So that's the only reason I'm concerned regarding, you know, just the governing factors today is, is that people, once people get their, their checks from the government, they don't want to lose them. Moving on, praise the Lord. He goes on and says this. Now, if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. What do you have, why do you have such little faith? So don't worry about these, nat these natural things. Saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are you going to wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Did you catch that? So don't be an unbeliever. These things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above uh, all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Now give him a good shout of praise. Come on, praise him like you believe it. Hallelujah. That's, this is God's word. This was Jesus' red letters. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And 
He said, he will give you everything you need, which God solidified in Genesis, the second chapter, when he rested on the seventh day or the day of fullness and completeness. Now, Hebrews 1, back to Hebrews 1, verse 3, this is the Amplified. He, that's Jesus, watch this. He is the sole expression of the glory of God. Now, I want you to really watch, I want you to listen because people have so many hangups, so many traditions. Full gospel people have traditions that have caused them to stumble. And I don't want you to stumble. I want your eyes to be opened to the word of God. Watch this. He, Jesus, is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being, the outring or the radiance of the divine. And he, Jesus, is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. He's the very image of God's nature. That's why throughout the Old Testament, you see Jesus drawing swords and killing people and and mutilating lives. Uh, uh. No! Gee, it got quiet in here. You saw Jesus healing people, delivering people, forgiving people, raising people from the dead. Hallelujah. I mean, he did everything good for people. He was the very, very perfect imprint and expression, and the Bible says, uh, of God's nature. That's why to know God, you've got to know Jesus. And that's why so many times we get so messed up in our doctrine because we try to get to know God through the Old Testament. And what's so beautiful about God, listen to this, he was so awesome in that he allowed man to write history. Knowing that man would distort who God, knowing that man would distort the image of God. So what did he do? He come running into the earth made of flesh and blood, the virgin birth, to show himself of who he really was. Come on, give God praise. If you love him, that he is Jesus, God incarnate in flesh, to show us who he was, to show us who he is. Man, this has set you free. Then you won't have to be afraid of God. You don't have to run from him because of sin. You run to him. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Let's go on. So he is the perfect imprint in the very image of God's nature, upholding, maintaining, guiding, and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. When he had, by offering himself, accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt. Somebody, somebody shout hallelujah. Now, forgive me. I want to read that verse over because there was a period there after Word of power, period. When he had, by offering himself, accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. What does that mean? Jesus sat down and rested, hallelujah, knowing that everything that man would ever need was fulfilled, hallelujah, amen, spirit, soul, and body, every need, so he sat down and rested like his father did. Is that beautiful? See, when we came here, and again, not to worry out with stories, but when we did come here, and I'm telling you the truth, the interest rates are 18%. Because now people are wringing their hands and going, how in the world are we going to make it 7% interest? Well, it depends who your savior is. 
If government is your savior, well, then you're in trouble. But if Jesus is your savior, hallelujah, you're being governed from on high. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, give God praise. You're being governed from on high. And God can't break his word. I said God can't break his word. That means if you, if you believe it and you trust him, he, he is required to bring it to pass in your life. Man, this is good stuff. He sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. Hallelujah. So he expects no less from us in, the, in that we need to trust him knowing that he, because he's resting, we can rest in him. We can rest in him, trust in him. We don't have to be fearful about the future. Not at all. Because we're not of this kingdom. I said, we're not. Now, now let me tell you something. In the days of Jesus, disciples were being, they were being beaten. They were being uh, killed with a sword. They were being hung on crosses. I mean, they, I mean, things were rough. I mean, you think you got it bad when the gas prices went up. See, we have to grow up and stop this nonsense about trusting in the arm of the flesh. Because Jeremiah 5 says, if we trust in the arm of the flesh, we'll be cursed. But if we trust in the arm of God, we'll be blessed. I just want to encourage you. Hallelujah. Matthew 12. This is good. Hang on. We're just getting to my main point here. That was my introduction. Praise the Lord. I hope you enjoyed it. At that time... Just kidding. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. Okay? In the Levitical law, it was unlawful to do any work on the Sabbath. Okay? So he's, they're telling him, you're breaking the law. Then he answered, well, haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered in the house of God, he and his companions, ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Say this out loud, they were hungry. They were hungry. So God, was, God cared about the fact that they were hungry. So what they do? They took, some, they took the bread that was only offered to the priests, and God could have cared less. He wanted their needs bent. Isn't that beautiful? And so, um, but, or haven't you read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple desecrate the day and yet are innocent? So easy, isn't it? I mean, this is human. Human, just to point our fingers at people when there's three of them pointing back at us. <laughs> it's just human nature. I tell you that one greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not condemn the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. The word Sabbath means repose, or it means that state of resting. So Jesus was saying, he is the Sabbath. That's why he is the, he is the rest. It's not a specific day, even though we call this day uh, the Sabbath day, it's the day to which we come to church and we grow. But every day is a Sabbath. Every day is supposed to be a rest for the people of God. Every day we're supposed to be assured on the inside that God is leading us and guiding us and taking care of us. Every day. That's why you need to separate yourself from the 
the, the, the culture and the news of this world because it's all bad news. And listen, and that none of it affects you when you're a man and woman of faith and you're walking with God. None of it affects you. The Sabbath is much more than a day. It's the personified Christ. Jesus has always been the Lord of the Sabbath. All the way through the Old and New Testament. The divine rest of God. Our faith in him is where we find rest. Even in the midst of a world of chaos. Christ is our Sabbath. Not just one day, but seven days a week. Isn't that beautiful? So last Sunday we discovered that when God brought the first generation out of Egypt, they never reached the fullness of what God had promised them. Why? Uh, and we're going to go to here to Hebrews 3. Verse 19 says they could not enter because of unbelief. Listen to this. They couldn't enter into God's best because they wouldn't enter into his rest. They got to the edge of the promised land. They brought back all of the proof that it was everything God had said it was. And even though they never saw the giants, they believed the evil report even though they never saw it. And how many times do we bring evilness into our lives because we believe it before it gets there? Yeah. That's why we have to keep our faith in God. Trust in him. Each and every day, he's our Sabbath. Say, Jesus is my Sabbath. Amen. He is your rest. He really is. He's your rest. He's the Prince of Peace. And so God's rest was, this is so good. These things I write down in the Lord. He's so fun when I hear from him. God's rest was in the journey, not from the journey. God's rest was in the journey, not from the journey. And it's still true today. His rest is still in the journey, not from the journey. Say, say this all up. I am on a journey. You really are. You're on a journey. And I'm more convinced ever before that our lives parallel the children of Israel. We are in a desert. You know, the desert was something. You know, they didn't have GPS in those days. Well, they did. GPS, God's personal spirit, you know, God's powerful spirit. They, they didn't have, they didn't know. Everything around them was barren, everything around them. So they had to trust the leadership that God put in place. Yeah, because they stopped trusting. In fact, they, they had a personal assault against Moses and Aaron. They, they literally wanted to kill him. So, so when that happened, that was the day that they died. Even though they didn't die that day, they died through a process of 40 years of agony and guilt because at one point, do you remember, uh, God said, they're not going in. And they went, no, 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 we're just, no, 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 we want it. And he says, it's too late. Too late. You're murmuring, you're complaining, your ugly attitude, you're grinding all the time. It's gotten into my ears and I can't take it. And I'm done with y'all. All of them from 20 years on old up died. Probably over a million died in the wilderness when the promised land was just a few feet away. So same with us. How many believe that God's true to his word? That if he promised the disciples, right off the beginning, he wanted them to know, don't even be concerned about the temporal things. I'm going to take care of you. Just stay focused on my kingdom. Uh, stay focused on right living. And, and, and I'll bless your life. I'll take care of you. 
He is so faithful. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. Let's go on now. Hebrews 3, verse 12. Beware then, that's a warning, of your own hearts, dear brothers, lest you find that they too are evil and unbelieving. See, we always think unbelievers are the sinners or the world. No, the unbelievers are the church that refuse to believe the word of God. (laughs) That went over big. Hallelujah. (laughs) Beware then of your own hearts. Dear brothers, lest you find that they too are evil and unbelieving and are leading you away from, from what? Your faith in the living God. Speak to each other about these things every day while there is still time so that none of you will become hardened against God being blinded by the glamour of sin. You know, I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to be uh, pessimistic at all, but you'd be probably surprised, don't even want to hear how many Christians were on fire at one time for God and now they're back in the world. Because they were blinded by the deceitfulness of sin or the glamour of sin. I don't, I'm not interested in getting together and smoking a medicinal weed or joint. I'm not interested in going back to something that was so shallow and so empty and so futile. Not interested. I met the most high and there's not a greater high than the most high. Can I have an Amen. And yet today we have Christians smoking weed. And it's really sad. Again, I mean, not looking down on you, I got I to gotta run my own race. But there's, it's, 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 there's nothing like the Most High. There's nothing like the peace of the Most High. There's nothing like the leadership of the Most High. There's nothing like the protection of the Most High. Amen. He's a good God. Let's finish this. Chapter 4. We're, we're going to wind this down. Hufta. Oh, Oh, verse 14, uh, Genesis 3, verse 14. For if we are faithful to the end, the end of what? This earth's journey. It's a journey. That's a journey. I'm not turning back. I'm not going back to Egypt. So if we are faithful to the end of this earth's journey, trusting God just as we did when we first became Christians, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. When? Both now and throughout eternity. God's not going to... It's not someday in the sweet by and by. It starts the day you get saved. God's divine protection, provision, and power. Let's go on, chapter four. Now, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news, say good news, amen, that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God, which, of course, was Joshua and Caleb. For only we who believe can enter God's rest. As for the others, God said, in my anger, I took an oath, they will never enter my rest. Even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. Genesis 2, he's saying, the moment God sat down and rested, every provision for your life was already prepared. Everything about your life. And if we would have got a hold, listen, if, you, if we had got a hold of this when we were younger, we would even have experienced far greater glory of God instead of getting caught up in things we should have never gotten caught up in. Oh, my. Let's go on. We know it, all, we know it is ready. Because of the place in the scriptures where it is mentioned the seventh day or the, the, the day of fullness and completeness. God rested on that day from all his work. 
There it is. But in the other passage, God said, they will enter my rest. If you want to take a note, you can write this down. Deuteronomy 1. You got to read that chapter. I don't have time today. I wanted to read it so bad, but I don't have time. Deuteronomy, the first chapter, because it'll break your heart. The, the kind of unbelief and, and attitude that the children of Israel had, it so grieved the heart of God that he it so saddened God's heart that he was not able to show his glory to them by taking them into the promised land. And just let me tell you this too. The second generation that went in learned from the first generation, not to doubt God. But not only that, do you remember the second generation, do you remember the first city that they faced when they went to the promised land? Anybody remember? Thank you, Jericho. In the natural, impossible to penetrate. It had a wall so thick that could raise three chariots around the wall. Massive. And so in the natural, there's no way, but what did God say? I want you to march around that city uh, <laughs> once every day for seven days. And I'm sure, and he said, don't you speak one word. Why? Because it would have been filled with unbelief. So all for, uh, you know, they're going, uh, shut up. Okay. <laughs> and then on the seventh day, march around it seven times. And then when you're done the seventh time, then you all make one united shout. Just do that. Okay, it don't make sense, but we'll do that. And when they did it, God just placed his hands upon that wall, and it went straight down into the, the wall did not fall over. It went straight down into the ground. Now, that's supernatural. Again, he wanted to show them his glory. The reason I brought that up is because in the promised land, there were uh, like 30, yeah, there were 30 cities that they conquered, and there were giants, there were giants all over that area of the promised land, Meaning what? Just because you get a breakthrough and answer prayer, just remember that there's going to be another giant to face. That's why you stay in faith. And you trust God. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest. And that time is today. Say today. today. Say it again. Today. See, there's no faith in yesterday and there's no faith in tomorrow. Faith is today. So every day when you wake up, it's today. And that is the day you trust God. You don't worry about how we're going to pay our bill at the end of the month. Today, you have faith for today. Oh, God, thank you that today you will provide. Today you will provide. When I wake up the next morning, Father, today, thank you. You are our provision today. I will enter into rest. Thank you, Lord. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Could, but don't. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest to come. So there is a special rest. Oh, I love that. Still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. Did you know when the high priest, oh, so many good things to share. Do you know when the high priest, before they could enter the tabernacle, you know, to serve God, God, they had to put on special garments that caused them not to sweat. They couldn't even sweat to go into God's presence. I mean, everything, because that shows human effort. That shows human anxiety, human doubt. That's why you got to learn how to trust God, that through what he says in his word, he will honor it and perform it in your life. Praise God. 
Thank you, Lord. Special rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It, God's word, exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Just remember that. Nothing's hidden from God. Everything about your life, is, you, are, you, are, you stand naked before God and, and transparent. He sees everything about your life. That's why I want so much in my life to honor and please him uh, with my life rather than uh, get caught up in the cesspool of this world and grieve the Holy Ghost who he can't do in my life what he wants. Thank you, Lord. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he's the one to whom we are accountable. So then... Because of that, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, that's Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Now watch this. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, for there in his presence we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's good. Whether you believe it or not, when you enter God, when you get on your knees and you, you go before God, the veil, the curtain that stood between Israel, the Israelites and God, God tore that veil in half so they could enter into his presence. Before that, they would die in his presence. So when we enter God's presence, I just proved it last week, Jesus took his blood and he put it on the mercy seat in heaven because there's a real mercy seat. There's a real tabernacle in heaven that's spiritual. There's a real mercy seat in heaven that's spiritual. And the blood of Jesus, which was spiritual, is put on that altar. And so when I go before God, I thank him that that blood gives me a right to come into his presence. And not based on my performance, based on his faithfulness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, I, I finished reading that. Yes. Thank you, God. So the world is going to always do what the world has always done. And, and be, uh, they will propagate their fears uh, and their uh, unbelief. And, uh, but we're, we're called to walk with God, trust him, and serve him with all our hearts. I'll close with this. I had more scriptures, but I've got to wind this down. In Matthew, the 11th chapter, if you don't put that up there, Jesus said this to, the, to those that day that were around him. He says, come on to me, all ye that labor. The word labor means are fatigued spiritually, physically, and emotionally. <laughs> come on to me. See, I think we sometimes you know, fall so short because we carry the title of Christian but we don't carry out what the word of God says about Christianity. So we just assume things. We assume God knows our need. We assume he's close by. We just assume that we walk in his favor. We just assume things. You can't assume anything. You got to exercise your faith in what God has promised. So come unto me, all you that labor are fatigued, Spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And are heavy laden. That word means overburdened with spiritual anxiety. <laughs> and I will give you rest. That word means an inward refreshing. <laughs> 
Take my yoke and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. That word rest means intermission, recreation. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the Sabbath rest is trust in God, who will fulfill what he's promised in his word. I'm going to believe if God took care of the disciples, the first disciples in the first century, he'll take care of us in the 21st century. He will. He will. He's a good God. He's a good God. Amen. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government, the governing powers will be on his shoulders. So will you allow to govern him, uh, for allow him to govern your, your, your life? Seventh day, completeness, wholeness, everything that you would ever need from the moment you took your first breath when that doctor slapped your little booty and you began to cry, God had already provided everything for your life. Everything. Now, listen, I'm not dumb. I'm just like you. We make mistakes in our lives. We, we do some things wrong, and therefore we find sometimes, you know, we find ourselves in positions we've you know, didn't want to be in or find ourselves in, but God is our deliverer. Amen. That's good. God doesn't rub your mistakes in your face. He, he gives you a way out. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand? We'll pray together today. Faith in God and in his word is the rest that he ordained you to walk in. Thank you, Lord. Every time that this, this um, time of year comes around, I think about just all the needs of God's people. And my heart goes out to anybody who's struggling, uh, you know, at this time of year. You know, I know that we have an unbelievable amount of, um, th- this whole season is saturated with commercials of things that you don't need. Right. And yet every one of us want to bless our families. This is a great opportunity, this time we're living in. This is a great opportunity, kids, to practice our faith. Because I'm not, I don't know what's going to happen economically, but it doesn't change the economics of heaven. God will always take care of his people, those that trust in him. So my heart always goes out to people when they, you know, they want to, you know, bless their families and things are tight. And yet all through the years I've been serving God, 51 years now serving God. All through the years I've watched God bring supernatural provision for his people. Not just because you have a need, but because you released your faith in him. How many want to release your faith in God today? Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 9.30, as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.